0: Hello, and thank you for joining us here on The Neutral Zone. I am Phil Milani, joined, as always, by my trusty sidekick, my partner in crime. Really, the best way to describe this person is my everything. It's
1: at Eric DeLon. Phil, thanks for keeping your hands to yourself this week.
0: Yeah, no problem. Sometimes uh, the queuing and the starting <laughs> of the show, it's, uh, uh, the timing of it, we're trying to get it down. We're trying to keep things light around here. We, you like, know, to have, so.
1: we like to have fun here yeah, at Breckenridge exactly. Brewery's Farmhouse in Littleton.
0: We do like to have fun, even the day after a very disappointing loss. I
1: oh, know We might we yeah. might need these.
0: Yeah, you got a nice little IPA there. I got a uh, Christmas ale. Oh, holiday ale. Ha- no, I think they call it oh, a okay. Christmas ale. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, Hanukkah is over now. Eric, are you a little bit sad about
1: Of course. Love the holiday season.
0: Yeah. yeah. But still, uh, we got Christmas coming up here uh, at the end of the month. And uh, for the Broncos, it still can be a very... Good month of December for the Broncos, even though they fell to six and six with their 12th consecutive loss to the Chiefs. Phil, tough. It's tough.
1: So I thought they were going to do it. it. I know you. I thought they were going to do it.
0: I was buying into it too. I bought
1: into the hype. And it's not just that they lost, because I think that there was a scenario where the Broncos lost to the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football, where you felt okay. You know, Mm -hmm. you're like they're they're closing the gap, they're playing well they can go down the stretch here and win four or five like you feel good and and I still believe that that's possible but just the way they lost was demoralizing they were never truly in the game after the first quarter and it just it got out of hand
0: it was tough it was tough and uh, we'll be here for the next hour answering your questions here as we're broadcasting live on the Broncos YouTube page I'm sure you have plenty of questions about this Broncos team and uh, we'll answer them just, keep it, just take it easier, if you if you will. Uh, we are coming to you, like Eric mentioned, from Breckenridge Brewery's
1: Farmhouse. We're trying to make it a farm trying home. Trying to
0: make it a farm home.
1: And, and there were some good questions raised this week, Phil.
0: About the status of...
1: The status of the what, what transformation.
0: We've put up some art. Yeah, you know, yeah. So that kind of makes it A Ben Swanson original? Yeah.
1: I would say that we're about 75% of the way to making yeah. it a farm home. We need a strong strong finish
0: especially in the holidays you know this is where memories are made exactly you know this is where we'll remember this time forever
1: so. you c- we need to treat every show like a playoff show yes like cream jacks like win or go home yeah which r- true. we are going home after this
0: that is true after this but uh uh we if you live in the denver metro area come on out we're here every monday from 6 to 7 p.m and we start right on the dot yeah, at exactly. 6, we're never 6 late 6 p.m yeah. If uh, you don't live in the Denver metro area, check us out on the Broncos' YouTube page. We're live. You can submit your questions. And uh, guess what? What? Ben Swanson is not here tonight.
1: Oh, so we should so expect a pretty nice the show. The
0: filter should be a lot better because Roya Burton is on is on it tonight.
1: Yeah. So One of the best and brightest.
0: Yes. She's responsible for getting the show on the air every week. So. so blame her. It was her call to uh, stop the... Uh, Strobing lights. Yep. Which was, if you ask me, that was a pretty good call.
1: She's made a lot of good changes (laughs) since being here.
0: Yeah, exactly. So uh, uh, that is what we'll be doing for the next hour here, taking your questions answering them. But, Eric, my question to you is, and we heard Vic Fangio talk about this a lot today, is this Broncos offense just has to score more points. My question to you is, how are they going to do that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it starts – well, when I – the identity of this team right now is run the ball, play good defense, and I think that works to some extent. You saw Javante Williams have a really productive game, uh, most yards productive. from a Broncos from a Broncos rookie since Clinton Portis. I mean, it, he was really, really good in his first start, but you got to throw the football, I think, yeah. ultimately to score more points, whether that's through the play-action game. I mean, we saw on the first drive that the Broncos really got something going play action to Jerry Judy, opened up that big gain. I know you said that kind of set the tone for the whole drive.
0: You know, he didn't go out of bounds. He he went straight at the defender. I like that. That set the tone. I thought that got things going a little bit. And, uh, of course, the Broncos shot themselves in their foot. They got the pass interference on Corlin Sutton, intentional grounding, and boom, all of a sudden you're completely out of it. You just got to try and get it settled for a field goal at that point.
1: Yeah, you know, I think the passing game has to be better. Uh, Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick have not gotten the targets that you'd want them to get. Uh, Noah Fant and Jerry Judy had somewhat productive games, but a lot of Judy's yards in particular were kind of late in the game when it was out of reach. Yep. The Broncos are just trying to come up with some sort of last-second heroics. And so
0: and to Vic Pagio's credit, he mentioned that. He said those yards... They're not really reflective of the day that the Broncos had on offense.
1: Yeah, and, and so you've got to find a way to be better in the passing game because for as good as Javante Williams is, for as good as Melvin Gordon is, in this league, to score in the high 20s, you've got to be able to uh, to throw the football down the field. You've got to be good on third down. But look, even like when the Broncos were 8 of 11 on third down and uh, – were 3-of-3 in the red zone against the Chargers a couple weeks ago. They only scored 21 points on offense. Yeah. And they they did kind of shut it down there with about four and a half minutes left. They just ran the ball. But it wasn't like that was a – they didn't explode for 35 points. Yeah. And so it'll be interesting to see how do you balance because the identity of this team is to just run the football, grind the clock down, play good defense. But at some point maybe you look at, hey, do we need to change who we are a little bit? In the final stretch of the year.
0: Well, if I would have told you before the game, Patrick Mahomes was going to complete 15 passes, Eric, would you you would have thought that was a
1: Broncos win? I mean, it was more than that. It was it was 15 passes. It was Tyree Hill and Travis Kelsey, less not than even, 50 yards, not even ahead. having 50 yards combined. It was the Broncos outgaining the Chiefs on the ground and through the air. It was the Broncos having the ball longer. It was the Broncos having more first downs, and it just didn't matter.
0: That was, like, one of Patrick Mahomes' worst games statistically ever.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, to be fair, last year in Arrowhead, the Broncos did almost the same thing. I mean, they've – I don't want to say they figured him out because he's a really, really good player, but they've they've at least, with Vic Fangio, come up with some sort of plan that seems to work to stop Patrick Mahomes. And it it took some drops from their receivers, but they – they did enough. I know Vic Fangio, Justin Simmons, Cream Jackson. None of those guys wanted to say we did enough on defense to win. I'll say did. it. I'll say it, Phil. Yeah. They did enough on defense yes. to win the game. When
0: uh, Justin Simmons gets up at the podium and says, we, you know, as a defense, we just got to create more takeaways, I think that's just him being like, uh, I don't want to just bash the offense up here. Like, uh, they, he says, I'm wired this way to look internally here. But let's just face it. The Broncos defense did enough to win that game.
1: It would have required... A Herculean effort from the defense, the way the offense put up points, yeah. and it, I think something that's important to note is that there's a lot made about that 20-yard drive or 20-play drive. Yes, more than 20 yards, that 20-play drive, and for good reason. It, it took up the almost the entire second quarter. The Broncos picked up two fourth downs. It looked really good. You're thinking, hey, they can tie the game here. It changes the whole complexion of the game. They end up not getting any points, but the Broncos didn't, didn't get in the red zone again until the fourth quarter. I mean, to me, whether or not you score on that drive, the offense, you really only had two or three drives the entire game that were productive, and we talked about it before the game. Broncos couldn't do that. They needed to have drives consistently where you're moving the ball down the field, you're finding success. That was the way you you could beat them. They weren't able to do it.
0: Well, that kind of got to uh, something else that I was wondering about, Eric, and that is, when you face the Chiefs, do you have to get outside your comfort zone a little bit? Do you have to play not the way you normally play? Because, you know, uh, all week long we heard that touchdowns were not going to get it done. It had, or, uh, field goals were not going to get it done. Touchdowns were the only way to beat that team. It turned out that was not the case. I mean, field goals, more consistent play would have been enough. Uh, and I'm just sort of wondering, you know, at the end of that 20-play drive, do you think looking back on it now, maybe just walking away with some points and feeling good about some production there, would have been uh, better? Of course, hindsight is twenty twenty, but uh, maybe now, would you have done it differently or no? No,
1: I think maybe I would have changed the way that those final couple plays went in there. You know, you threw it on third and short, I think third and one, right? And then you ran it after you threw an incompletion. Maybe just take two chances to just run it up the gut, mm. see what you can do, or try to get Javante wide on one of those. I mean, I like his chances when you give him two two chances to earn a yard. I like the odds that he's going to get that. I do agree with what Vic Fangio said all week. You're preaching to your team: we need touchdowns, yep. not field goals. So you got to
0: own it on game. Day.
1: And I also think there's something to be said for. The first fourth down, it was like, okay, this is a big play. But when you convert a fourth and seven, Cortland Sutton's making a leaping grab. He gets up and dives for the first down marker. It kind of felt like some momentum went the Broncos' way. If you then get stopped inside the 10, that's almost like a win for the Chiefs, even if you Mm. kick a field goal. Because you're like, man, we just took their best shot. They went went 20 plays, 11 minutes, 80-something yards, and we absorbed it, and we didn't give up a touchdown. So I, I think going for it was just a, a you know not just about the score and being in it but it's our chance to say hey we're, we're still in this
0: yeah I mean uh, I in the moment of I didn't have a problem with it but looking back at it I was just wondering you know gosh if, if you get a field goal there you could walk away from a really productive drive and say we ate up clock like we wanted to we dominated time of possession the cameras kept cutting to Mahomes on the bench he was Uh, frustrated, you know. He was just sitting there on the bench. Uh, The offense couldn't quite get going for the Chiefs, and he was getting a little bit frustrated. And I think you drive there, you say, we dominated time of possession, and we walked away with some points. Uh, The Broncos defense gave up that opening drive for a touchdown for the Chiefs. But after that, obviously the Broncos weathered that storm and dominated the rest of the first half. Uh, If you kick the field well there, maybe you're walking away feeling that way.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I'd have to look at the exact possession, but it felt to me like after that touchdown, the Chiefs had a field goal, and then I, was it on that next possession that the Broncos go down? Because if you're the Broncos at that point, you could still be wondering, "Hey, are they going to?" They would have had a minute and a half on the clock. Are they just going to go down and score a field goal here? Because
0: it was ten nothing, and then the Broncos scored that field goal, and right. then at that and point there it seemed like things thing had sort of leveled settled out a down.
1: Bit. Yeah, I mean, I just think you worry. Hey, if they get a touchdown. Now it's 17-6, and you've put yourself in a worse position than you were in. And, you know, no matter what happens, you can play Patrick Mahomes really well. There was still one play. They dump it off to the running back, picks up 30-something yards. They end up getting a field goal on that drive. There's just always a threat of them doing something like that. And so... I don't I don't hate the decision. I, I no. think it was the right choice.
0: Yeah, I mean in the moment it definitely felt like the right choice. I'm just saying looking back on it, maybe you start thinking, Oh, what? what if what if if you wouldn't have done this? And, and that I don't think the happened, game
1: was you know? lost in that moment.
0: It was pretty deflating, I'll it say was, to have a twenty play drive and it just walk away with nothing. It was a little bit of a But
1: then a, you come out in the second half, Pat Tan picks him s- off on the first true. possession of the game and you're like, Okay, hey, you're
0: right we're back, back in, in it.
1: Broncos go three and out. Yeah, you know, throwing another interception. I think yeah. on the following drive, you throw a pick six that kind of ends things later. I mean, th- the mistakes mounted yeah. in the second half. If you had just been able, I wonder what could, what would have happened there. If after the Pat Sertan pick, if you are able to go down and get some points there, yeah, how does that change things? Yeah,
0: I mean that that was definitely felt like a game of momentum. You know, switches. Obviously, the the Chiefs started with the momentum. It seemed like the Broncos took it over. But then those turnovers. After the Sertan pick, it was all downhill for the Broncos.
1: Yeah. And it just, they were mistakes that didn't need to be made yeah. necessarily.
0: And that's sort of what I was talking about, being outside your comfort zone. Instead of just playing normal Broncos offense, normal football, it feels like when you've played the Chiefs, you've got to do something special. Like you kind of uh, press a little bit.
1: Well, I do think there's something to be said for the fact that they're an aggressive defense. And so they'll send people after you. Um, Steve Spagnola, you know, like he's going to try to get after you. And they got after Teddy Bridgewater. I thought Bobby Massey played better as the game went on, but I think those guys were definitely a little rusty early.
0: Teddy had a lot of pressure all night long.
1: And so that to me is it was just a story of opportunities and the Broncos never quite rising to meet those opportunities. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Frustrating.
1: Yeah, it really was.
0: Well, we are broadcasting uh, live from Breckenridge Brewery's farmhouse. Working our way. Working our way. We're getting there.
1: Toward a farm home.
0: We're getting there. We're in Littleton off of Santa Fe and Brewery Lane. Brewery Lane. Here every Monday from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Time on the dot. And we're also live on the Broncos' YouTube page. And we are looking for questions from uh, NZ Nation here. we got a couple here uh, right now. This one's from uh, Cedo Boy. Cedo Boy. Okay. Cedo Boy. Uh, why not start Locke next game?
1: I mean, we, we saw that question a lot as the game goes on. As long as the Broncos are still in the playoff hunt, I, I don't see that happening. It's not going to happen. Um,
0: it's just it's not going to happen. And we even heard from Vic Fangio today. Yeah. He said, uh, so he was asked, are you going to make some changes, either with the coaching staff or personnel wise on the field? And he said, "No, we've got the guys we've got, and we're rolling with them." Yeah, and and definitively. And it was kind of like, "No, we're not. We're not doing that. We're rolling with our guys."
1: And I, I know it's hard for people that want Drew to succeed, and you know we wanted Drew to succeed as well. If he has to go in there, we want him to play well. But, but the fact of the matter is, is that I don't think the Broncos are six and six and still in contention without Teddy Bridgewater oh. at quarterback. I mean, he made some bad mistakes in this game, that cost him. And, you know, I think he would say it wasn't his best game of the year. But over, no. the, over <laughs> the course of the season, Broncos have already won more games this year than they did all of last year. And there is some, maybe some short-term amnesia where you're like, I don't, you kind of forget what happened last year. The Broncos were not competitive. Rose-colored
0: glasses sometimes.
1: They were uh, not competitive or. in a lot of games last year. And a lot of the times that had to do with Drew's turnovers. And, and we I saw that last night. And I think that still becomes the biggest thing is that With you Teddy. trust Teddy when you go to L.A., when you go to Vegas for some of these crucial games, when you welcome the Bengals here. And, and listen, I don't want to overlook the Lions because the Broncos have to have that one. But yeah. I'm looking at some of these Aof, AFC playoff contenders. You want a guy that's going to go there and gives you a chance to win and won't lose it for you. That's yeah. Teddy right now.
0: Last night was uncharacteristic. Yes. For Teddy. I mean, it just was. It was Normally, his
1: first, first interceptions in, I think, four games or something like that.
0: 157 passes before that interception uh, to Thornhill there. Uh, that was a nice little play by the defense uh, from the Chiefs. Normally you see the Honey Badger. Did he still go by the Honey Badger? I'm not sure. I, I haven't think heard so. that in a while. But I'll stick with it. Yeah. He, he's usually the one who's in that role where he kind of drops off. Teddy described after the game, normally the tight end, uh, Thornhill is covering the tight end there. The tight end stays in coverage uh, or stayed in to protect. So Thornhill drops in the coverage. Teddy didn't see him there.
1: Tried and to look uh, him off a little bit. Didn't work. Dropped in the lane. That
0: kind of uh, gives you a little bit of insight in the way a quarterback's mind thinks. It's yeah. not like oh, who's open? Who's open? He knows before the snap Thornhill's covering the tight end here and, right. like, he's supposed to cover the tight end. Like, that's sort of the – there's a little bit of a difference there than, like, playing backyard football. He's not just looking and saying, okay, go there. He knows Thornhill's covering the tight end, so I'm going to have this lane open. Well, turn out on that plate. The tight end didn't go out for a
1: while. Right, and they, they – I think the Chiefs punted after that interception, yeah, if I remember that correctly. that didn't kill him. They could Obviously have survived the six that. The pick six hurt him. Um, Teddy did. Some people quibbled with me, Phil, on Twitter –
0: about the attempt on the tackle.
1: Teddy threw his shoulder into him and ends up sprawled out on the ground. To me that's laying out for the tackle.
0: He the, bounced off
1: Sorensen. Well, correct. I mean that, he didn't he was not successful. Yeah. But I think he made he, it as good of an attempt as you can ask. People correct. were like he didn't wrap up and like put yeah. his shoulder in. He's uh, a quarterback. He's, yeah, he's not a linebacker. He's backer. not
0: out there tackling with perfect form. So
1: I mean you see Justin Herbert like make a tackle against the Bengals this weekend yeah. and you're like That's a really impressive tackle. That's a rarity. Yes. The fact that Teddy threw his shoulder into him, to me, you're not... After the game, we saw Teddy
0: limping around, too. So, like, let's not act like he's just in perfect health here trying to make a tackle, you know? No, he's he's got a tibia injury. Sorensen, he, like, saves his best games for the Broncos. My gosh. This guy's ridiculous when he faces Denver.
1: I mean, he, otherwise, you hear about him talked about, it's like, should this guy even be starting? Like, is he supposed to be yeah. in the rotation of, for Kansas and City? The Broncos. And Pick picked sixes Drew Locke last year. Yeah. Pick six is Teddy Bridgewater. He's ridiculous. got other interceptions. I mean, it feels like every game Sorensen yeah. is doing something where you're like, this guy.
0: Yeah. So uh, last night, uh, an anomaly here for Teddy Bridgewater. Normally, he's a guy who's going to go out there, not turn the ball over, not cause the Broncos uh, a game. Uh, that is sort of what happened last night, but the rest of the season he's been very good about that for, for the most part, and that's a big reason why the Broncos are six and six and still very much in the playoff hunt.
1: Yeah, and they're going to have to and win some games in a row here. Like if they can't just gonna keep. They have to score some points. They can't keep doing the every other deal that they've been doing the last few weeks. But if they play the way they did against the Chargers, which to me in that game you made some mistakes, but you still were successful. I think they'll be right in it. It's going to yeah. come down to the wire, and you're going to figure out, you know, yeah, how to – they're going to – the Broncos are going to be hurt a little bit because they lost to so many AFC teams early in the year Yeah, that the tie breaks are probably not going to work out super well in their favor. But if you get to yeah. 10, you'd That'll like your chances – um, It'll be interesting. And regardless, I think even if you get to 9-8 and eight and you miss the playoffs, right there. there's value in having oh, a winning gosh. regular season for the first time since 2016. It would be very, a four very A four-game, five-game, if you get to 10, increase in wins. That I mean, would that's, be double. That's not insignificant. And no. I think no matter what happens next year with the quarterback position, whether it's Teddy, whether it's somebody else, it signifies that this, the rest of this roster Really
0: heading in the right direction is what I would say. Yeah. If you have a four-game, five-game improvement, yeah. regardless of what's going on in the rest of the league, that is heading in the right direction as a, as a team. I mean, that that's just a fact. Eric, I wanted to get to another question here. You know, it seems like Broncos... Who's Spencer, this one from? This one is from Rodney Garcia. Okay. Okay. Thanks, Rodney. It does seem like Broncos country, for whatever reason, they um, attach to some players and they just dislike other players, okay? Mm. For whatever reason, okay? One is Drew Locke. They love Drew Locke. They want to see him playing uh, over Teddy. Another guy that Broncos country has been a little bit sour toward is Melvin Gordon. Oh. Okay? A lot of uh, commentary about why is Javante splitting carries with Melvin Gordon, well, Melvin's been really good this year.
1: Yeah, he so, has. He has been.
0: Uh, Rodney's question, though, is Mike Boone looked great oh. yesterday, and Williams also looked great, obviously. Is Melvin Gordon's time up in Denver?
1: Well, his contract is almost up. Yeah. And I would – you tend not to trade up to draft a running back in the second round if you don't want him to be your featured back. I'd imagine Melvin still wants to get paid like a top back. He's mentioned he wants to stay in Denver, but we'll we'll see what happens there. But it is interesting the the way that. I'm trying to think of the right word here, Melvin has not necessarily been embraced the way he no. would probably like to, and some of it has been. You know, he was with the Chargers for a long time. I think that was part of it. He came in, and Philip Lindsay was the hometown kid, yep. and people viewed it as Melvin Gordon's trying to take carries away from Philip Lindsay. Yeah, that's not fair to Melvin. You know, there there were some fumble issues, which, and I guess still are some fumble issues that that's a legitimate concern but everybody Javante's had those issues at times this year Um, got lucky to recover one against Kansas City yesterday yeah that would have been bad
0: yeah nobody even you know uh, the negative plays if they end up not being that big of a deal you don't really pay attention to it but the fact is he fumbled it just bounced right back up into his hands yeah Nobody was, even thinks about
1: that. That was early enough in the game too that if that had would have been bad. That would have been bad. So there's that, and then I think the fact that this team talked about, hey, you know, we want to go for it this year, and Melvin chose to work out on his own for a while this that offseason. That's if, I mean, there's there's reasons, little things here, but, uh, and there but I Adam. think it's not necessarily fair to Melvin to no. Um, I don't know if he ever had a fair shot necessarily, but to to work back toward the question. I think the Broncos are in good hands with Javante Williams, obviously. And then Mike Boone, they haven't played him for whatever reason very much this year. Got his first carry as a Bronco against the Chiefs. But he seems to me, Phil, he's a... We talked about him as like a change of pace back, kind of speedy. He lowered his shoulder and ran through somebody on a couple of those runs.
0: Well, I was going to say, he seems like a little bit better of a compliment mm. to uh, what Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams do. He's He's... He's a little different than those guys where Melvin and Javante are built very similarly. Yeah. Um, I think that that Mike Boone, he does have a little bit of maybe a different gear he can get to. He's a little bit faster maybe in some situations. And uh, I don't want to take anything away from Javante Williams because he was outstanding. I mean, the way that he's able to break tackles, it's like... uh, I mean, the book is out on him that he runs this way and they still can't do anything about it. Yeah. I mean, uh, Javante deserves what he's uh, getting here the praise, but
1: and we I mean, haven't we haven't seen necessarily a situation yet, and this could be partially Javante, partially what the offensive line is doing, but we haven't seen him like an open space where he could just take off,
0: take off, yeah. And Melvin did do that against the Giants, where he took off for what was a seventy-five seven, yard touchdown, seventy, I think, yeah, seventy-yard mm-hmm. touchdown. So. Uh, I just think that uh, let's give Melvin a little bit of credit here. He has been a dynamic weapon for this Broncos offense. Oh, yeah. Led the team in touchdowns heading into yesterday's game. And uh, I think that they could have used Melvin uh, at times uh, last night against the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I do think Javante did a really good job not having too many negative carries. You know, falling forward playing good football, but certainly over the course of a but, season to have yeah, another guy like Melvin. to play like that? Yeah.
0: Come on. I mean, I, I do think that is amazing, but to play the way he does, if he were getting 30 carries a yeah. game for yeah. 17 games... You're going
1: to get banged up a little
0: bit. You're going to get banged up. So it's important to have a guy like Melvin who can spell him a little bit. Uh, yeah. I, I agree. Eric, another question here. This one's from Zaptoot. Oh, we back. Yeah, back. Zaptoot, thank you very much for joining us here on a Monday night. Uh, hoping you two can cheer us all up. That was a question. I mean, that was that was a comment, comment according to Roya.
1: Thanks, Roya. I mean, what do you think? Appreciate that. Does so, Broncos, what, what are some reasons? A
0: bit, yeah. Does Broncos Country need a little bit of cheer this holiday season right now? I think they
1: might. So, what are what are some reasons for optimism? And I, I guess when I think about it, Phil, I think you're firmly in the playoff hunt.
0: That is a big reason for optimism.
1: And for the last four years. Even going back as far as 2016, like late in that season, the December you were falling out of it. This year, you're firmly in it. You've got to play some good football. You need a win against Detroit. You need to probably go, and then you need to find a way to win three of the next four, and that's going to be difficult to get wins in any of those games. But you get Cincinnati at home. you get got a rematch with Kansas City at home. You get to play a team in L.A. that you've already beaten. And then the Raiders, you know, this team is going to be motivated to play them because of how that first game went. The Raiders are not quite the same team they were without Henry Ruggs, I don't think.
0: No, they're missing a little bit of explosion. And so... Certainly the way Ruggs played against the Broncos.
1: I, I think you look at the rest of their schedule, the Broncos' schedule, and you say any of the next four games, certainly, so Detroit, Cincinnati, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, you think... Broncos have a great chance of winning many of those games. The, the, the issue is you probably need to win all of them.
0: Uh, well, let me ask you this, Eric. Uh, it does seem like when the Broncos play really well, they can beat just about anybody. Yeah, That's a reason for optimism, knowing that, look, when you line it up, it doesn't matter who you're playing against that day. The Broncos have a chance to win. So that hasn't necessarily been the case the last couple of years here where yeah. you're just not sh- – you know, some of those games – you, you were pretty uh, confident that it might get out of hand. It, that, that's not the case heading into games anymore.
1: No, and I know people are frustrated because you're still not in the playoffs. You're not a Super Bowl contender right now. But the fact of the matter is, Phil, last year, 0 of 7 against teams that went to the playoffs. Yeah. The year before that, 2 of 5 against teams that went to the playoffs. Yeah. That's 2 of 12 across those two years. They're 3 and 2 this year. Yeah. against teams that are currently in the playoffs. I think standard. you asked Vic Fangio that. I did ask that. He just said, we're a better team. Yeah. And it's true. And I think if you if you looked at this year in a vacuum, let's forget that 17, 18, 19, and 20 ever happened. Yeah. If this came after 2016, or even yeah. after 2017, where you had a bad year, you'd be like, okay, we're, we're moving back. We're in the right direction. The only reason there's such frustration is because it's, been this, a it's gone on so okay. long. But well, the,
0: 12 consecutive to one team. I mean, that part is frustrating, yes. We're frustrated by that, Eric.
1: Of course you are. But at the same time, and I do think there's a difference between beating the Chargers and Washington and the Cowboys and the Raiders and beating Baltimore and Kansas City. Like, you can say that, hey, this team is good enough to beat some of these wildcard contenders. Maybe they're not quite there where they can beat the AFC's elite. Because the way the Chiefs have been playing the last few weeks, they could be Super Bowl favorites in the AFC. You know, like they're they're back. Yeah,
0: I mean, at eight and four, that that puts you right at the top of the. Yeah, every so.
1: all the division leaders are eight and four right now. Yeah, New England and Buffalo are playing right now. Yeah, as we record here, in a snow globe. In a snow globe.
0: Do you like the snow games?
1: I think they're nice like every once in a while. I
0: like it a little bit. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Eric. But I don't think you know, like uh, after a loss, like uh, fans don't really want to hear it. You know what I mean? They just want. They're they're just like yeah 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 whatever you still lost you know so I do think that there's a, a day or two of that that kind of vibe yeah I just I just
1: I I get that and it's fair yeah and I would have loved to win yesterday's game and I think it would have been a huge boost for the rest of the year yeah but the fact is it's hard to beat a division opponent especially on the road yeah. especially when they're as good as the Chiefs three the Broncos are three and sixteen ever. In Arrowhead in December, like it's this is not a, this was not the Broncos going down to Jacksonville in September and a needing win. a win. This, this is, is yeah. an entirely different task. Prime time, that place was electric, Phil.
0: Yeah, there's like maybe some learning experiences from these things.
1: Yeah, and I, I just think that, listen, if you come home and you lose to Cincinnati at home, a team that has been good some weeks but has also just kind of laid an egg other weeks. The frustration there to me would make more sense because in my mind that's a loss that like, hey, on paper you should win this game if you're a playoff team. Yep. Even if you're a you know a a playoff contender, a Super Bowl contender, it's hard to go to Arrowhead and win.
0: Yeah, it's hard for any team to go in there. And win. Yeah. We saw the Chargers do that earlier this year. They did do it earlier this year. And then the Broncos beat the Chargers, so that's true. Kind of makes you think a little bit. Those are facts are facts. Eric, uh, this one is from Coach Chris. Coach Chris. Coach Chris. So he probably knows what he's talking about. Okay. Okay. If the winning strategy is to play well, as you just said, Chris. Okay, the winning strategy is to play well. Okay. Why don't the Broncos just play better? It's pretty simple. I agree. You know what's interesting? When you ask Vic Fangio about fixing the offense and that type of thing, he just says you just got to score points. Yeah, it's true. There's not really a necessarily a uh, blueprint on how to do that. Though,
1: well, he's not gonna. I don't think he's gonna share that with the general public. The one thing, one thing I appreciate about Vic Fangio in press conferences is that there are times when you'll you'll get on a conference call with Andy Reid, you'll get on a conference call with Nick Sirianni, Eagles head coach. You won't, but I will. Yeah. And
0: no, I mean I'm I'm like around. <laughs> You're like.
1: I'm in the out. building when that happens. Right, right? you're in. Yeah, you're That's always. That's a fact.
0: You're always in the building. I'm in the building when those things happen.
1: But you'll say like, um, you know, how, how, Andy, how's your defense turn things around? And he'll say, Well, for competitive reasons, I'm not going to get into that.
0: He just says it kind of like that.
1: Yeah, Vic. Vic does not. Say Vic, Vic can things. get asked, who's going to cover Travis Kelsey? And he's like, Oh, you know, like you got a lot you, so you got to have you a lot, lot of different options, like corners, safeties, linebackers. Yeah. That's helpful. Where He could just say, why would I well, tell you something answer. schematic?
0: Yeah. Or like the Belichick, he might just mumble a little something. He yeah. could like, mumble.
1: I mean, I appreciate that about Vic is that there are questions that get asked probably once a day where you're like, if he actually gave you an answer, he would reveal something to, another co- to the opposing coach that would hurt the Broncos. But instead of just being like, next question, or I'm not going to yeah. talk about that, he, he gives he, you something that's usable as a reporter. Yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate that. And so. the Broncos
0: did do a good job against Travis Kelsey, even yeah. though Vic talked a lot about Travis Kelsey.
1: Travis Kelsey, grumpy.
0: Well, yeah, what did you think about that? Was there grumpy. was a little bit of chippiness to start the game there with Travis Kelsey. Expected, in my mind, when you're facing the Chiefs, you know, this is a this is a division. Can you say it's a rivalry when one, score, one team a historic rivalry. A historic maybe you could rivalry. Say that. The Broncos do not but like those that, guys. No, and I think that
1: I don't like those guys.
0: I think there's some players on the Chiefs that still remember losing to the Broncos a lot. Yeah. Kelsey, one of those guys, so th- he probably still has a little animosity for the Broncos. Well,
1: and Kelsey likes to he likes to get animated. Be, he likes yeah. to he's running off the field after that play, and he's firing. I don't know if they showed it on TV. He's firing the crowd up. He's trying to get them loud, and it's like. Okay, if, if you're going to give it, you got to be able to take it, too, a little yeah. bit.
0: Yeah. And uh, our friend of the show, Mike Cliss, said that uh, Travis Kelsey went up to John Elway free uh, game. S- you yeah, saw that. And said, yeah, you you, t- you beat, beat my Browns a little bit when I was a kid. So yeah. Yeah. Maybe Kelsey just doesn't like the, the Broncos. Oh, it's possible. So, uh, Kareem Jackson was asked about that. The emotional leader of the Denver Broncos, Kareem Jackson. And uh, he said that... Th- he likes it too. Kareem says he likes it too. Kareem can talk. Yes, he can. We know that from training yeah. camp. We like that. I like it. What did you think about uh, you know the Broncos turning the page here? There's something called a 24-hour rule. Eric. Yeah, are we there? we're okay. not there Almost yet because it was there, it was a night yeah. game, so not there yet. Almost uh, yeah. six
1: thirty-four. Uh, normally, with the
0: 24-hour time. rule, I kind of uh, if you lose like that, I make it a 12-hour. Rule.
1: Okay, you so just we're move done. on. You just move on. Detroit.
0: What did you think about the way the Lions were celebrating in the
1: locker room there? Did oh, you see I didn't any see of that. Yet, no.
0: Uh, they were very happy.
1: I'll say this. I'm glad that the Lions won. Correct. You, you do. don't want to face a winless team. You don't want to face a winless team that There's feels. There's a lot of pressure there no. to not be the team. The Lions, I hope, just take it easy, guys. You earned it. Yep. Celebrate this week.
0: Enjoy your kneecaps. <laughs> you enjoy They're probably it. full. They, they get, probably a get a of lot of kneecaps. A lot of kneecaps, yeah.
1: But I mean, the pressure of having to play a winless team is just yeah. You don't want that.
0: But Jared Goff, he's capable of doing some things. Yeah, you know, like they, you know, they haven't been successful as a team, but they've been in pretty close in several games. Almost beat the Ravens earlier this year. I yeah, mean, they've been they've been in, in some the games. Mix.
1: They got to the Broncos. Just got to go out there and take care of business. This is one of those games, like the Jets game, where. The better team should go out there, figure it out. It shouldn't necessarily be super close. Yeah. Give yourself some, you know, this is almost like when you... Oh, I don't know if I want to go that far.
0: You were going to make a comment about me specifically? No, no, you? no, no, no.
1: Oh. I was going to go to like the SEC and like a college football. Oh, It was no. too much. It was too much. too much.
0: I don't think the Broncos have really... We mentioned this earlier it was too in the much. year. They can't really... Like we're overlooking, yeah. Space. I don't think the Broncos, are no. So, what do you think about face the Lions here? I mean, do you think that this is a game the Broncos
1: they have to win this one? one. Yeah, I mean. they have to, and they should. I'd be really surprised if the Broncos don't win. Um, the Broncos may not be Super Bowl contenders, Phil, at this moment, but what we've seen is they've taken care of business for the most part against not good teams. And that's what they got to do again. This kind of
0: falls into that category. This yeah. falls into those. This r- is the Jacksonville yeah. Jets. The Jets. The kind of the Giants. Yeah. Yeah. I would say this is kind of like one of those games where you just got to win this one. Yeah. Otherwise, you, it's done. It. It's over.
1: Yeah, because then you got to win four in a row against. Uh, just a really yep. tough slate.
0: Oh, we got another one from Rodney Garcia. What do you think about the uh, final game against the Chiefs this season? Uh, Week 18 January so, matchup against the Chiefs.
1: So here's something interesting, Phil. I I like the playoff machines. There's all sorts you of do. them. There's the I New York Times do. playoff machine. There's a 538 playoff machine. There's ESPN. The New York Times one is interesting to me because you can see a percentage for each game that you pick and how it impacts the Broncos' chances. Okay. Something that's interesting is that 10 wins might not actually get you in. It might not. It might not. Yeah. There are ways where, like as we're recording this, Phil, it looks like New England is winning their football game. Buffalo, I believe, Just drops right to 7-5 and five right. if they lose that. Yeah. So they then enter the wild card race. Yes. Indianapolis has surged. They're 7-6. Each
0: the, division has two really good teams, yeah. at least two. Yep.
1: Yeah. And so there's a chance that there could be more than three 10-win teams. And yeah. if that's the case, the Broncos could be hurt by... Their AFC record, as we mentioned before, yeah. and so as I look at the kind of final stretch, that game against the Chargers is almost more important than the Chiefs game because yeah. if you win against the Chiefs and lose to the Chargers, you might lose out on you might the Chargers might get to ten wins and you'd situation. you'd lose the tiebreaker yeah. to them. If you beat the Chargers and lose to the Chiefs, and you'll the have to win the division. You'll have ten wins too, yeah. but the Chargers probably are not now in that ten win conversation. Yeah. You're okay, so that's that's kind You're of assuming a, a that the Chiefs go on to win the division. Yes, yeah. I do. You, do you think that uh, I'm not sure the Chiefs lose more than once again the rest of the year. I was going to say, do you think that They're that a
0: game roll. at the end of the year? Do you think that the Broncos have a better chance of snapping this streak, this twelve-game streak?
1: Are you suggesting that maybe Chiefs don't have anything to play for?
0: No, in general, just. I would, I would think that the Chiefs will have something to play I would, for. I would think so, too. One team gets a bye this Yes, this year. Which which hurts
1: the Broncos. You know, in previous... Yes. Well, but there's also seven playoff spots, so that helps the Broncos.
0: Yes. But, I mean, uh, the idea of having just one first-round bye means that there's something. the top teams aren't just wrestling guys. Right.
1: And with tie breaks and all sorts of stuff, hard to yes. know how that's going to turn out, but... Yeah, I mean, there's so th-
0: many teams sitting at eight and four. It suggests that uh, there's not one team just running away with it.
1: Right. I think the fact that it's at home, you just had a good defensive performance against them. Maybe you're on a roll and you've won some games. Like, like say you go into that game, and just for argument's sake, you got to beat the Chiefs to get into the playoffs. I mean, what more can you ask for? And I don't, I don't that know if nice the Broncos to get to that point. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if the Broncos will be able to get it done. But I would. I would hope you're able to keep it closer. At home, that would be sweet, huh? Yeah, I mean that's that's, that's about nice. as good. If you could a Week 18 win, I mean it's possible, Phil, that yeah. if that were the case, it could be flexed again.
0: Yes, because they like it. If the final every game every, on every year, year that Night final football.
1: game on Sunday Night Football is either for that a division could. lead or for a playoff spot. Yeah, and so you know, I would
0: doubt they'd have the same exact matchup, but it's possible.
1: Well, I mean, in 2016, the Broncos They've and Chiefs that. were Sunday Night Football twice. Yeah. In Denver in Week 10, and then in then Arrowhead Christmas night on night Christmas night. night. So, yeah, I, I'm not positive, And maybe they're I think less it's likely. before. Maybe they're less likely to do it because of what just happened yesterday. But yeah. certainly if, if there's no other games with a playoff spot on the line yeah. and it's win and you're in, that would be exciting.
0: That, I mean, I just think that if you're in games late in the season that matter. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm looking for I, here. I
1: still think that even after yesterday, at home, the way Teddy has generally played this year, the way you the defense has played against Mahomes him. the last two ga- times, you feel like you have a chance.
0: Yes. I'm not sure what uh, Swen means here, but he says give Brett Rippon an, an opportunity. Swen. What, what do you mean you're not sure Swen.
1: what he means? He's pretty clear there, I think.
0: He, she. Do you think he... Do you think Swen is serious about that, giving Brett Rippin a chance? I don't know. Swen, that kind of sounds like Swanson.
1: Swanson. And ben Swanson's Swanson not charming. here tonight. He's sending in some uh, comments from the road. Yeah, that would be nice if he did. I don't think Brett Rippin's going to get a chance. We some more comments,
0: I think, here from uh, Broncos country, Ed Z Nation. I think we need some more comments here coming to you live on the Broncos YouTube page. Yep. I know fans are upset, though, today. They're, they are. They're just a little bit sad, I would say, so... Probably not a lot of usable
1: comments. Probably very sad.
0: Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about a little bit, Eric, is just uh, Cortland Sutton, Chip yep. Patrick. They got those two big deals uh, going to be around for the foreseeable future here. Any concern in your mind that the fact that after they signed those deals, not really being a- as productive as we've seen in the past?
1: No, I think some of it's matchup base. That against the Chargers, you saw run defense that you could take advantage of. I think against Kansas City, again, you found success with Javante on the ground. You want to shorten the game. And it's not like they didn't take shots. There were certainly times down the field where Teddy Bridgewater looked for Tim Patrick, looked for Cortland Sutton. There were a couple where balls go off their hands. They're not quite able to make the catch. And if they haul those in, you're probably talking about this differently because those were 30, 40 yards down the field. They'll get involved. And certainly... When it comes to the... You can't just think about these few games. You have to think about the long-term future of the organization, of the team. Of course. And when you can have Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, Javante Williams, all those guys kind of locked up for next year, for beyond next year. I mean, that's worth it even if, like, over these next few games, Cortland Sutton's not posting 100-yard games.
0: Well, how, how do you think they could get Cortland Sutton a little bit more involved? Because... Uh, we know what Corland Sutton is capable of doing. Yeah. You know, like I think back to that Steelers game. I mean, he got the Broncos back in that game almost single-handedly. You know, and I know that Vic Fangio was asked today about hey, when Jerry Judy and Corland Sutton are out there together, Sutton's targets have gone down. I mean, that's just a fact. So uh, he was asked about that. He said I, that's not something I'm concerned about. We know that Cortland needs more opportunities here. So, like, do you think that there's something that Shermer or maybe even Teddy could do just to just say, look, we're going to try and game plan him in into the offense a little bit more?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you have to worry about – you have to be careful, I guess, of doing that because I think in the preseason when Teddy didn't have success, he came off and said, I was trying to force the ball to Cortland. Yeah. I was trying to force the ball to um, – who was coming back? Maybe Albert O. was coming back. I was yeah. trying to force the ball to those guys. Bad things tend to happen when you're forcing the ball to someone just for the sake of getting him the ball. Um, I think they'll figure it out. Again, it's all it's all a balance, right? Like, if you're going to give Javante Williams 25-30 carries and you're not sustaining drives, there's not going to be 30 targets to go around. There's yeah. not going to be 25 targets to go around. I mean, how ma- I don't know how many times Teddy threw the ball yesterday, but... 40-something, I
0: think, maybe. Really? Something like that, yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh, even here, Jay
0: bet that dude. He uh, comments, he goes, it's not Sutton and Patrick's fault. They don't really get the targets until late in the second half.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think yesterday, they Teddy looked for him earlier. Uh, Cortland did have a couple big catches. Tim Patrick got a nice catch. There's flashes. Yeah. It just needs to be a little bit more consistent. And we've heard Vic say this, and, Something has to change to get this to happen. But when you go three and out, or you don't have a long drive, you're not. You don't have ten plays, and so instead of yeah. ten plays to spread the ball around, where maybe Corlin gets two targets, Javante gets four carries, Judy gets two targets, and Tim Patrick gets a couple targets, now all of a sudden it's you know it's a five play drive, and it's three runs and one target to each guy. Like you have to be successful, and that then builds more success for the other guys.
0: Do you think, though, like we say if you're an opposing defense, right, and mm-hmm. you're looking at how you're going to slow down this Broncos offense, there's a lot
1: of weapons out there.
0: What do you think that they're trying to take away?
1: I think they're trying to take away the deep play. Because And
0: just I, let Javante do his thing because I think it's they not are. really
1: leading to a ton of points. I think they're going to say Denver, if you want to shorten the game, you want to run the ball, go for it. And if you get to the point where they're, where the Broncos are scoring 28, 30 points a game on that formula, then that's There's fine. No but the longer a drive is, that's the thing. There have been four drives of 18 plays for the Broncos since 2001. Only one of them has ended in points. That was a field goal. Yeah. There's something to be said about when your drive goes on that long. It kind of signifies you haven't had a huge play.
0: No explosives.
1: And w- you know, time and time again, you talk about defenses that bend and don't break. It's because at some point you expect the offense is going to get called for holding. Yes, yeah, they're going to make a mistake. Issue. They're going to throw an incompletion on first and ten and put yeah. themselves in a bad spot. Yeah, like if you just hold up long enough. Yeah, a defense is going to generally find success. Yeah.
0: What about? What, uh, we got a question here from Kyle Cotton. Okay, Kyle Cotton. What do the Broncos need to do to improve our red zone offense? Let's kind of get into what we're talking about here. Seems like we're solid between the 20s, but choke when it counts.
1: Well, I mean, I think in the red zone, your execution has to be. Because let's say, I guess, super sharp three of three.
0: They ran the ball a lot down there. Yep. I mean, Javante on third and goal from the nine scores. Teddy Bridgewater on a, a scramble, scramble. there scores. I mean, is that just
1: execution? I think when you get in any area where things are tight where you need a kind of a go to play whether it's a a third and one a fourth and one they're down in the red zone it's all about the little things and we've seen the Broncos too many times this year kind of struggle with the little things yeah um, you hope as the year goes on that that improves, but you're kind of getting to the point of the year where you're thinking well maybe this is just Who this the is the Broncos are. and so. You've got to give yourself more chances. To me, that's, like, against the Chiefs and against the Chargers, Broncos were, were 3 of 3 in the red zone, but they only got down there three times. Yeah. Like, they're the Chiefs sometimes get down there five times.
0: Yeah. The drives get into that.
1: No, not yesterday. Yeah. I think they were 1 of 2 in the red zone.
0: Yeah, it just seems like, uh, say, yesterday after the, that Judy catch, and they got some momentum going. Then they just started moving backwards at one point. There, yeah. You know, so it does seem like for the Broncos to execute in the red zone, they do need to be close to perfect. Yeah. You've got to be able to uh, create some of these opportunities, I think.
1: Well, I think, too, for as good as Jerry Judy is, we haven't necessarily seen him be, like, a tremendous red zone threat. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because of his size or, like, you know, he's such a good route runner and gets open, but when there's not as much field to work with, you're not going to get open by three or four yards. Like, there's somebody right there.
0: Our friend George Stoya, a friend of the program. Yep. Probably watching right now.
1: Potentially. He what might be think? out celebrating Bread uh, Venables higher. <laughs> yeah. The
0: whole contingent went out to Clemson, huh? They did. George yeah. was with him. Really? I heard that. Stoya, he's selling yeah, the program. Yeah, Stoya, yep. Uh, He tweeted today, he said, Jerry Judy has not scored a touchdown this season. How is that possible?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's when you get in the red zone and things are tighter, say you're at the five and you can have two safeties in the end zone, and so you get away from the corner right off the line of scrimmage, and there's somebody there waiting for you. It's not as easy. And so I don't know if that's a product of this offense, if that's kind of, if Jerry Judy is going to be a great middle-of-the-field player and not a red zone threat, we'll uh, have to see what happens.
0: Eric, when I watch other teams play, it yeah. does seem like their top playmakers for the opposing teams, they really just they find a way to find, create a problem, and then they continuously hit that problem over and over and over.
1: Well, I mean, the Broncos did that yesterday with Javante Williams.
0: Yeah, but it didn't lead to any... It's hard to drive down the field and score touchdowns. It's hard, and I think plays. I think
1: I, I couldn't hear the broadcast, but some it was relayed to me that Chris Collinsworth said on the broadcast, "It's great to run the ball like this, but at some point, you're gonna have to be able to throw it down the field."
0: Yeah. Do you think that it's setting it up though? Like, oh at yeah, some point the Chiefs must have been like
1: enough. Well, and like the the Jerry Judy catch, like we mentioned earlier, yeah, that came off right play over. action. Like that was from the moment that route started. I didn't even see the play action because I was like, Judy's wide open.
0: You just saw
1: it. I was like, in the press box, I was like, Judy. Judy. I was like, throw the ball.
0: I want Judy to have more targets. <laughs> I know you do Is that what you think?
1: Well, I, it just... If Jerry, Judy, Cortland, Son, and Tim Patrick have a combined 30 targets, and that means that you run the ball 10 times, people are going to be like, no. run the ball. You can't you can't have everything. It's got to be a week to week league and what you're doing. The Broncos are almost like they have so much talent at the skill positions that it's not a situation where like you're just going to X guy. You know they're a little too good. No, I mean it's you'd prefer this, but I do think in some extent, to some degree, like Cortland Sutton's Pro Bowl chances are hurt by the fact that there's other really good players on the offense.
0: It, and he just doesn't.
1: Like, think back to twenty nineteen.
0: Opportunities. Think to back really to twenty
1: nineteen. They were like Tim Patrick was, was still coming into his own, kind of. I think he was injured. Well, I for think part about of that a year. lot
0: of big Cortland Sutton plays. I think well, about that Minnesota game. I think about the, the touchdown. Drew's first touchdown to him. I yeah. Mean, I think.
1: Well, DT's not there. You trade away Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, he he made a lot of plays that you're like. He, he had those opportunities. Is
0: Carlin Sutton better in twenty twenty one than he was in
1: twenty nineteen? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to answer that. I don't know the answer to that. Right. I don't think you can like definitively say no, but yeah, I don't know if you can definitively say yes. But when when they've gone to him ten times, like in Jacksonville, yeah, he looks just as good.
0: Yeah. He does when they when they use him a In in certain situations, he does.
1: And it seems like Cortland's the maybe the type of player where you have to take a couple, you take a couple shots to him, and it's going to pay off eventually. Yeah,
0: yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, We are broadcasting live from Breckenridge Brewery
1: Farmhouse, working our way toward a farm home.
0: We're pretty close, I think. We very close. uh, There's some. Holiday lights up. I think that that's definitely
1: helping. That is. This is really nice. Uh,
0: we are in Littleton, a, a suburb of the Denver Metro area. We're off Santa Fe and Brewery Lane. Eric, Brewery Lane. Brewery Lane. Okay, and uh, we're here every Monday from six to seven p.m. We are. And uh, if you live in the Denver Metro area, I highly suggest that you come out and enjoy uh, a beverage, maybe some food here at the Farm Home. And if you don't live in the Denver metro area, check us out on the uh, Broncos official YouTube page. That's where we're live. And uh, this show, we typically take a lot of questions from uh, NZ Nation, from Broncos country. But Broncos country clearly upset tonight. A little sad. A little bit upset. Uh, Only nine questions so far that we've answered. Better than than eight. Nine is better than eight. And you do have to count your blessings uh, where they come. Yeah. you know So... Uh, uh, Broncos country clearly uh, uh, upset but Eric I do have a feeling that uh, five games down the stretch here I do think that uh, with the Lions coming up next there is an opportunity for the Broncos to get this bad taste out of their mouth get back out on the field and uh, uh, one thing that uh, is true about this league and certainly uh, in this market week to week things really change like uh, you lose to the Eagles, it's the worst thing ever. It's a bye week, whatever. You beat the Chargers, it's the greatest thing ever. Yep. You lose to the Chiefs again, it's the worst thing ever. This is sort of life in the NFL.
1: It is, and if you lose, or if you beat the Lions, I don't think that opinion is necessarily going to change very quickly. Like you're probably going to have to then beat the Bengals to really convince people that you're back in it. But
0: I think people will be saying they're seven and six, they look good against the Lions, blah yeah. blah,
1: blah blah. But I mean. You kind of get to the point where this Lions game could kind of be like one of the early ones in the season where you're like, okay, we need to see it against a good opponent. So okay. to me, take care of business against the Lions like you should do at home. And then I'm really excited two weeks from now to play the Bengals. That that to me will really signify, is this team in it for the long haul this season? Yep. Are they going to be right Joe in Burrow, it? if, if Burrow, Yeah, if you beat those guys, then it's to me it's at least – somewhat realistic that that final game of the year is gonna mean something like you beat the Chiefs and you're in
0: yeah well I mean if I think if you beat the Bengals that means you're gonna have the tie break against them uh, potentially unless there's like a million teams all yeah. tied and there's yeah. weirdness there but yeah no it's every every game to be now an AFC team uh, a team that's right in the mix with you and so I think yeah I think that these are big games coming up here for the Broncos coach Chris wants to know what's the difference between a farmhouse and a farm home what would you say?
1: I think a farmhouse is just somewhere where you you might show up to after work. Farmhouse you is like swing sort of like by. The, it's like the building. Yeah.
0: That's the house is the actual structure. Yeah. But a home is where there's love, there's, care, uh, friendship. Takes, there's takes. I will say I want a quick shout out to uh, some of my college friends. Yeah. They've made uh, the the journey down here to Littleton.
1: That's. That's nice. It isn't. was very
0: nice to support the podcast. Four
1: or five college friends out here for you.
0: Yes, it's, it's very nice. Uh, uh, Danny, Yep. Drew, yeah. Our friend Trevi. His name's Mike. Is there going to be a? Is Treevy. there going to be a quiz after this? Uh, no. Uh, those are some of my roommates from college, uh, and then also my friend Rochelle. So shout out to those guys. Of course, they help make it a farm home. They do. And I,
1: can I just say, so nice that your college roommates care enough that they would come out here. To your farm college home.
0: roommates? What do they do? They're not here. That is strange. Huh? Yeah, they don't even watch. But I do think that they, they don't even watch. You. You. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, they usually leave some comments. I think you know. On this? Usually, some people that you could've, know could have fooled me. I will say, I think earlier in the year, your dog and your wife were out here.
1: That's true. They
0: care. So that's they care. They care. They family and friends make it a farm home. That's right. Uh, My last question for you here as we wrap up the show, Eric.
1: Is it from George Stoya?
0: No. uh, It's more of an overarching thing. Got it. Five games left for the Broncos. Everything they want is ahead of them in front of them. They control their own destiny. Do you think that the Broncos go, simply put, as Teddy Bridgewater goes?
1: Yeah, I do. The defense all year, you talked about this secondary can be incredible. The pass rush can get there. The linebacker core is like is good enough. That's true. The secondary is kind of the point. I'm not worried about the secondary.
0: Yeah. I'm they, really not concerned about the entire defense.
1: Or tan. I know you're a little bit, bit peeved about.
0: I thought him that not, he could have hit Patrick Mahomes there at the goal line. Yeah,
1: I'm not worried about it.
0: If if uh, an opposing player, I don't care what position it is, is trying to enter the end zone, they should be hit before they enter that area.
1: Broncos country is a little interesting in that like. Pat Sertan has clearly been playing as good as anybody on the team.
0: Really well, he's in the playbook. And, really and
1: well. yet, the second he decides to like pull up for one second, he shouldn't have pulled up there. Well, but I think that is. I'll say, say I'll say that on that play, it looks like Mahomes is going to step out of bounds. He's like he's sliding to his right, and then at the last second he shifts back. I can understand Sertan not wanting to. To get a penalty Anyway I just think it's interesting That for as well as he's playing Of course All of a sudden on Twitter People are just People are tearing him to shreds It's like This might be One of your top three players On the team And you're tearing him to shreds I don't get it That's why
0: players Don't go on to Twitter
1: Anyway Yeah Defense Not worried about We know what Javante Williams And Melvin Gordon can do We know what these Wide receivers can do It is all about Teddy When Teddy has played well The Broncos have won Football games When Teddy has struggled Against the Raiders Against Kansas City Cleveland he was injured but in those situations the Broncos have lost and so if Teddy can come out and play some of his best football the rest of the way I really like the Broncos chances to make a push maybe you don't quite make it but you're right in that mix if Teddy does not play his best football it's gonna be tough to get there
0: yeah I mean I think that last night you say if Teddy plays really well last night the Broncos win that football game and
1: Probably. it's not fair yeah. to just pin a loss close. on a guy. It's at least really but close.
0: I do think that moving forward, it's going to be dependent on Teddy, and that's why the quarterback position is the most important position. Yeah, that's Florida. how it is all across
1: the league. Yeah. You know, Josh yeah. Allen and Mac Jones are playing right now on yep. uh,
0: whoever plays on better Monday Night in that Football game is
1: probably going to win the game. Those guys are going to decide how far they go. Yeah, all across the league, it's that way.
0: And that's why, like uh, teams like uh, the Bengals. Yep. Their roster isn't as talented as the Broncos, but because Joe Burrow plays yeah. well, they they're, win games.
1: They're right in it. Justin
0: Herbert plays well. The Chargers look like a completely different team. So this is the way the league goes. And uh, the Broncos, uh, they're riding with Teddy. They've shown significant improvement this year under Teddy, and uh, they're going to ride the rest of the way with him. So, yeah. We'll be back on Thursday for a much more in-depth breakdown of the Broncos' uh, game coming up against the Lions. This game more of a reflective one, and now we're ready to turn the page, Eric. That's right. It's behind us. We're ready to move on and look look ahead for brighter things for this Broncos team. Thank you very much for uh, tuning in here on the Broncos' official YouTube page. If you made it out here to the brewery, thank you very much for coming. It's going to do it for us. For Roya Burton, behind the scenes, getting it done tonight. Uh, no thanks to Ben Swanson. No. no. That guy's uh, worthless. That is going to do it for us. Uh, for Eric law I am Phil Milani. You've been listening to The, the Neutral, Neutral
1: Zone. Zone.